Dead peeps, and welcome to episode 99, Wayne Gretzky. No, I'm kidding. Big Trouble Little Podcast, I am Joe Doves. I am Andy. Zach. And here we are with another movie and another talking point for the movie. We're going to be talking about In the Mood for Love. Uh, before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching or playing? Almost nothing. Uh, I, I, uh, I really, I've just been putting on old... Uh, South Park, Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, and playing Animal Crossing. Let's talk about Animal Crossing since me and you played it. I, you, you probably played a little bit more than I did because. Yeah, at this point, I think. Yeah. Um. I really like it so far. What I played with it. Um. It's very, very time-consuming. It's supposed to be like that because yeah. of the you know building your island. Uh, getting more settlers, having your friends come from different islands to visit e- visit each other, uh, grow some fruits. I know me and Andy started out with cherries. He was trying to get different fruits. Did you get any more from your friends? Uh, oranges and coconuts. That's all I got so far. I've got peaches and I've got oranges. So I'm gonna come steal some of them peaches. Yep. So I got that going on. Uh, it goes on real time. It's important to note, like, I know that you're seeing on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff, everyone's, like, way ahead in Animal Crossing. Like, you can't think about it like, oh, I gotta do all this work. Oh, this is a, a task. Just play the game at your own pace. Who cares? Who cares? Just, just do whatever you want to do. If you want to go oh, fishing all day, go fishing all day. I wasn't aware Animal Crossing was a competition. Right. It's just, you know, just hang out. Have a good old time. I think people look at games like oh, like an MMO kind of thing where it's like I gotta catch up to the level, and it's really right. it's really not that. It's just it's a game literally that you play while you're like watching I don't know Bob's Burgers, like you, Andy. You know, you have Bob's Burgers in the background, South Park. Let me play some Animal Crossing while I'm at it. Yeah, I've made a lot of progress, but it's like the progress I want to make. There's a lot of other stuff I could be doing. Like, um, I'm not great at planning locations of stuff and, and stuff like that. I just want to, um, I want to pay off some bills. I want to make my house bigger and I want to catch as much stuff as I can to put it into the museum. That That's, that's where my, but maybe someone else is going to be like, oh, I like home planning. I want all my furniture to be perfect. I want to make sure all the houses are in a nice, neat row. And then the next person's going to be like, oh, I want to, to, I don't know, do something completely different. I don't know. But you can play it. You can play it multiple different ways, and your priorities will be different. Like, oh, I, I need to buy all the shirts. I don't care. I, I have two shirts. I've been playing the game a lot. I just don't care about shirts. I can't wait to uh, buy my own beard because you can buy beards, apparently. <laughs> oh, I today I, I did it. I was really excited about this. I got the the uh, surgical mask. I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I need right now. Especially when you visit my island. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now. Covidville. <laughs> um, other than that, do you have anything else? It's pretty much self-explanatory. It, 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 if you played Animal Crossing before, expect that with a little more. Uh, I call it a little bit of Animal Crossing and, like, sim city in a way or the sims i think uh i like this one better than the last one because in the last one you were a mayor and you they like leaned on you to do every little thing and in this one you're still like choosing where houses should go and you're helping with stuff but it's not like you don't have to deal with all the stupid little minutiae it's more like hey you live on this island and you're just you're doing your own thing and then every once in a while tom nook is like hey where should we put the museum and you're like eh, over here <laughs> Uh, I see you have, you played a little Death Stranding. Yeah, a little Death Stranding, and I played some Downwell, which is an incredibly underrated game. The game goes on sale all the time for a dollar. I can't say enough good things about Downwell. Death Stranding was good, too. I want to know, what are you up to now? Without... I'm pretty much the same. I'm trying to run uh, zip lines from Mountain Nut City to other places, and I was trying to just like go over the mountains, and really quickly I was like, man, this is tedious. So, and then I played Animal Crossing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the screenshot of a tweet where like they compared Death Stranding to like the coronavirus, <laughs> where you know you're quarantined into this world where there's an invisible threat and you're delivering packages, just like how you know 
delivering, uh, I guess, food or something like that. And, or, yep. you know, everybody's, you know, quarantined in their little area of the world. So I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's it's a little too real. I like to escape to my Animal Crossing village. Mm-hmm. But Zach, me and you, uh, is there anything else before we move on? No, like I said, the only stuff I watched was nothing worth talking about. I watched old uh, TV shows and stuff like that. Of course, I watched In the Mood for Love, but we'll talk about that soon. Cool. Uh, me and Zach played the Resident Evil 3 demo, and uh, Andy saw me play it. I streamed it twice because, I, I one, I wanted to play it through like how I would, and then the second time I fucked around and, and tried to see, you know, mess around with Nemesis and see how his animations are. Uh, Zach, I, I want to hear your opinion because Andy already heard my opinion on the game while I was playing it. Okay. Um, well, I liked what I played. Um, I think it's interesting that the, there seems to be a little less emphasis on like, uh, survival mechanics. Like the defensive items are kind of switched for like a dodge mechanic, which is what was originally in RE3. Mm-hmm. I mean, Resident Evil 2 didn't even have defensive items. It just played like Resident Evil 1 did. Um, but now, yeah, Jill can dodge, and there's like a, a critical dodge you can perform if you time it right, where you can like uh, pull off some sick kind of bullet time shots, like maybe one or two shots or something, or like slash them with the knife. I figured out you can actually do that with the knife too. So my theory is you could probably do it with any weapon you can equip. Um, I got I got a question because uh, when you get caught by one of the zombies, I'm I'm pressing A, and <laughs> Zach knows about me tapping a button since we fucking played Resident Evil Five. <laughs> what is up with the tapping? Like, is it making it so that it's not gonna hurt a lot? You... Yeah, I think it just makes your your attack you take hurt less. I, I'm pretty. I just haven't done it. I just didn't check to see if you, you do take more damage. I'm pretty sure you will, though. It's pretty much like if in the old games, if you got grabbed and you just didn't do anything, yeah, you would take more damage. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Nemesis? Um, he is scarier and uh, a lot more threatening. Uh, uh, he's a lot more persistent. He and uh, oh, uh, like I don't know. He's also it seems like it's tougher to like hurt him now. Yeah, I messed around with him. Um, basically, because you could shoot like the uh, electrical thing that is usually the transformer that is. Yeah, like... there's there's like a generator out front of that uh, donut shop. And uh, I, I didn't realize all you could shoot that and electrocute him. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's all the barrels. Uh, the, like the second time I think I played through it, I went out of my way to not shoot any barrels just to see if, like, uh, you know, I could use those against him and how effective they were. They were pretty effective against him, actually. Yeah, I went into the diner with the nemesis and I was, like ran around it and he got pissed off, like following me around. And he just, like, decided to, like, peace out. It was funny. <laughs> I've noticed sometimes he just, he he won't really fuck off like how Mr. X does in Resident Evil 2. Sometimes he'll just hang out outside of wherever your safe room is. Mm-hmm. He'll wait on you. And then I, I guess eventually he will he will get bored and just fuck off. But it seems like most of the time he's going to, like, wait for his, all right, it's like, I know you're in here, so I'm just going to, like, wait. <laughs> It's really terrifying when, you know, you're kind of... I mean, he wasn't, like, really, really threatening in this demo, but enough to be like, okay, he's faster than Mr. X because he, he, like, fast walk and he runs to you and he, like, uses tentacle uh, scorpion get over here kind of thing. And, you know, I'm just imagining him with a fucking flamethrower. Yeah, weapons, because he's going to have multiple weapons. Yeah, it's going to be terrifying. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I'm glad they s- sticked with the formula of Resident Evil 2 Remake in a way with the shooting and the inventory um, with a little like new upgrades and stuff. So 
I'm I'm hyped. What, what, what day is it coming out? The third, right? April third. Yeah, next uh, Friday. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! There's so many fucking games coming out. Mm-hmm. Then Final Fantasy VII remake will come out the next week. Yeah, I still got to play Doom Eternal, which. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess you could talk about that as well, but since you played it, I I've mostly been playing that. Um, yeah, like uh, so so far, I really like it. Um, they did change up some gameplay stuff about it that I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I like it or not. Like compared to the last one, mm-hmm. like it seems like they tried to go out of their way to add more complexity to the combat. And in some ways, like, I think that's good. And then in other ways, I think it kind of actually hurts combat, the flow of it, like what Doom 2016 had. And even, like, you know, old Doom, classic Doom. They do a lot of these things where, like, you can ignore this, but almost every demon now has, like, these weak points on them that you can attack or exploit some kind of weakness if you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you can shoot the cannons off the revenants, you know, the skeletons with, like, the rocket launchers on their shoulders. Yeah. Uh, or uh, the mancubus, you know, the big fat guys with the arm cannons. You can shoot their arm cannons off if you want, and it kind of, like, nerfs their projectiles and shit. Thing is, that's really hard to do, and there's, like, fucking 20 other demons throwing fireballs at you and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, you will most likely take some hits while you're trying to do that. So, like... Eh, at first, I got really stuck on trying to do that shit, and then eventually I got to the mindset of, no, I'm just going to do that whenever it's convenient from now on. It's easier just to fucking kill them. Kind of gets you in trouble a little bit. And the other thing I've had to get used to a lot is the ammo pool is a lot smaller in this game. They, they sh- shrunk it down a lot. That's very survival horror of them? No, no, because, like, here's how they get around it. It's like, okay, for example, like, I think in Doom 2016, you had, like, if you had a shotgun, your max shell limit was, like, I don't know, 50 or 60. And uh, in this, it's probably, I think it's going to be 24, 24 shells. And everything's just a lot less like machine gun ammo is like 150 or something. What they want you to do now is use your chainsaw more to get more ammo. So like you're going to be running dry a lot more and it's forcing you to chainsaw enemies more. It's kind of weird to get used to that. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, uh, not rumors. I've heard through, uh, the doom community that they like doom 2016 compared to eternal. Like I got, I I think on the face of it, I can say I like what 2016, how that was more compared to this, because it seems to me like they, it's like after so long, they're like, okay, let's just make another Doom game. They did, and everybody seemed to love it, I mm. think. And then they're like, okay, now let's fuck with the formula as much as we can now. And it's to like without making it a whole other genre. And I feel like they probably fucked with it a little too much this time. Yep. Thanks, Bethesda. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it's not bad. I still like this game, and I don't know. I'm not done with it yet. But there's other stuff to, about it that bugs me, too. There's, like, specifically this one new enemy type they added that I think just goes against the entire flow of combat, the entire idea of Doom. It just fucks up gameplay totally. Mm-hmm. It's, like, called a Marauder. And I don't know. I don't want to get real in-depth into it unless we all talk about Doom at some point because it'll just dominate the conversation. Yeah, I, I need to play it, and then maybe if Andy plays it, maybe we'll have a Doom-centric podcast where we talk about it. I would love that. I have it, so I plan to. Once, I, Honestly, I'm kind of waiting for the weekend. Uh, I have an essential job, so I still work all the week long. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> soon, I'll be, um, soon I'll be working from home. I had telework training, training today. Oh, shit. Hmm. So... Um, what else is that? Well, we played RE5, and me, me and you beat the main ca- campaign, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't want to talk about the last part. <laughs> well, we're going to have to eventually. Yeah. I guess I missed something good. I didn't watch that whole stream. I'll tell you. I guess we could tell Andy. Uh, did you beat Resident Evil 5? 
Yeah, I mean, way back when it came out, I don't. I remember like the game starting strong, and by the end, just being like, "Yeah, this is a shooter." But I played it with a friend, so that kind of helped me get through it. Okay, you know the part where Chris is doing the boulder where he's punching it and shit. Yeah, and yeah, the last, the last or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. She and Sheva, you like had to tap the button to hang on and shit. Um, I can't remember. I think I was Chris. Okay, you had the easy part, but anyway, Zach fucking did it in one try or second try. It made me look like, a, a, you know, put me to shame. Um, <laughs> but I was tapping, like, you could hear on the stream, and I bet you, I'll play it back when, when I do the video and stuff, but you, you could hear me, like, tapping and breathing heavy and, like, hitting <laughs> hitting my desk. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's actually struggling with something and then he falls. Yeah, that's what they want. That's what they want from those stupid tappy button quick time deals. Mm -hmm. And then like I we switched. I became Chris and he and uh, Zach became Sheva and he like he did it on the second try no problem. It's like motherfucker made you look silly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I've also just recently finished all the DLC, so like I'm completely done with this game, and I'm ready for whenever you're ready. I'm ready to burn it in a fire next week. Yeah. Next week. Okay. Next week. Um, that's all I played. As for what I've watched, uh, watched this movie we're gonna talk about. Uh huh. Um, I haven't watched this yet, but I've been checking out this. Well, it's not new app, I guess. I've been checking out Shutter lately. Uh, it. I got reminded of it because they did a cool thing. We're like, Hey, we're going to give everybody a free month of this because you know, everybody's afraid to go outside or something. And, um, I forgot that a, a relative gave me their, uh, login info and wanted me to like check it out. So I did. And shutter is basically just like a horror thriller centric, like uh, Netflix, so to speak. Um, lots of horror movies and stuff like that. And pretty obscure ones too. Mm -hmm. and i kind of like i think i spent like two hours just searching the entire catalog and like putting things in a folder for me to watch does it look good any good yeah, good ones that. oh yeah there's lots of stuff that interested me things was like oh yeah i've heard of this i've always wanted to see this and then uh one cool thing is uh joe bob briggs the guy that used to do that monster view on tnt mm -hmm. uh he i didn't realize this but he has a show on shutter and he's yeah. doing like the same thing and i'm like oh shit i want to watch all these now <laughs> so yeah. i had those two friend of mine told me those are all very entertaining yeah i used to watch that back in the day i always i always liked watching him um some so eventually i'm going to get around to like really digging into shutter soon i think nice i also watched uh, a documentary about uh dubs's uncle who laid down his life for us in afghanistan and <laughs> always you think of the troops think of our freedoms no uh, i watched the dark side of the ring chris benoit documentary uh before we got on and it was it was pretty heavy man um what zach was talking about dub's uncle um so i, I thought of a joke that uh because i saw a picture of benoit when it, it must have been like a support the troops kind of thing because he was like in army like, he had an army helmet on, and he looked like he was inside of a tank or something. So I posted on my Facebook, and I said, this is my uncle who served in the army or something like that. Uh, give a like, and you support the troops. And, like, some of my friends were hitting like, and then other people were catching on that it was Chris Benoit. <laughs> so nobody knew. It's just, I, I just, like, didn't say anything at first, because, like, <laughs> I see what he's doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, uh, it was a good watch. Like, the if you haven't heard of it, like I guess you know about it, does. But Andy, there's like Vice TV does this thing called Dark Side of the Ring, and it's like a documentary series where they kind of look at more, uh, kind of infamous stories in wrestling and stuff. Yeah, and the really, stuff that WWE isn't putting on the DVDs, right? Well, that and just stuff they don't even have an interest in talking about, like uh, like the murder of Bruiser Brody in Puerto Rico, for instance. Oh, and, yeah, I heard about that on a podcast. And then there's, like, oh, you know, the whole Von Eirich family, like how there was a whole wrestling family of Von Eirichs, and they all fucking died except one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just just stuff like that. The Montreal Screwjob gets one, of course, but and it's actually kind of worth watching, even though that subject's been done a lot. Um, there's, there's a lot to check out. The season two just started kicking in, and 
they're doing some other stuff. There's going to be one about New Jack, and I really want to see that because New Jack is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's all I've been doing. So. Okay, so with me, I mean, we already talked about uh, fucking RU3 demo Animal Crossing. I actually watched a movie last night called 3022. It's about, like, space exploration. Like, Earth is about to, like, die because of some fucking, you know, you know, uh, global warming. And they need to reach, like, Jupiter's moon because there's stuff that, like, will save the earth or they'll have a second place to live or something like that and they all go mad and shit because of the journey and it's like a 10-year journey i recommend it so uh, go watch it and i also watch more spider-man uh the 90s cartoon on disney plus because i'm a fucking weirdo and i like how's it hold how's that holding up by the way what how does spider-man hold up um I like it still because that was one of my favorite TV shows. Uh, that and X Men, I think, are my favorite. But like uh, today, standard, uh, when I when when I watch it, I'm like, it's fucking stupid. But like, I still like it in a in a good way. I know it's like unfair to compare that shit to like you know Batman the animated series, but like that one still holds up. And I went and watched X Men a few years ago, and it. It's, uh, sometimes the writing holds up and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. The animation in particular kind of does not really hold up anymore. I just, uh, something for Spider-Man, I thought. It was it was several years ago, but I tried to like... Oh, they were both on Netflix or Amazon or something. I tried to watch a bunch of the Spider-Man animated series and I was like, holy shit, I can't watch this just because it was like you it was clear they were cramming like several plot points into 20 minutes and i kept getting like what i don't understand what's going on and i started watching x-men and they do a much better job i think x-men aged a little more gracefully than spider-man which is a shame because when i was a kid i loved them both but Mm. lighting's better on x-men yeah well spider-man uh what is it spider-man and friends or something like that uh, oh, that's like the '60s show or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I, I think that was the '80s show, actually. Whatever. Before the '90s, that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, I I like that one because it's fucking goofy. And now that when I watch it, I think of all the memes that are created and stuff, especially when it's like multiple Spider Mans pointing at each other. It's like you. <laughs> but um, other than that, I've been I I've been playing too much Animal Crossing and Resident Evil Three demo and Resident Evil Five. I've been gaming more than watching movies, and that's pretty rare for me. Hmm. So I guess we'll go into the movie of the week in the mood for love. Um, I want to get the good things out of the way because I didn't really like the story at all. I thought the story was really, really drawn out and kind of bored me a little bit but the camera shots i thought were great there was a lot of camera shots i was like "Ooh, that was a good shot right there uh the soundtrack uh i think there was like only three songs that they played like over and over again that's definitely a long car Y thing he likes to do that Mm -hmm. because i was like oh you know this song again and then was that like a spanish song in in the other one i feel like they were playing a spanish song is it there are several songs from, um, oh my God, it's going to bug me. I know, I know who it is. But there's a few songs that are all from uh, the same uh, person. Mm-hmm. And y- you can be forgiven for thinking they're all the same song, but it actually is like a few different songs. Well, I know they were multiple because uh, you could tell by the different sounding words and stuff. But like, I was like, oh, you know, not a lot of, I, I felt like they should have worked on more of the soundtrack. But then again, it's maybe that's his thing. No, I mean they get a lot of mileage out of that uh, that one with the strings because it's kind of like the theme of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much the plot uh, of the movie is like two sets of couples that are married move into like the same area, uh, the same uh, house, but they like rented a room uh, within within an, uh, another apartment and. <laughs> the the main character which his name is 
Chow? Is that his name? Oh, Mr. Chow. Mr. Chow, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Chow. His wife was banging uh, Sue Liz, uh, Lee Zen, or Mrs. Chan, um, husband. And, you know, pretty much they found out that, you know, their sibling, not sibling, god damn it, spouse was uh, cheating on them. And they tr- they tried to do like a love, well, well, they did do a love thing, but it was so... <laughs> what happened there? The dog doing some noise? Yeah, the dog's chewing on plastic. It didn't pick it up, so... It, you know. Oh, okay. Sorry. I I didn't mean to distract you then. <laughs> but, um... I don't know. The, the story was really, really... boring to me. I don't know if they were trying to do a story where it felt too real... It didn't feel very Hollywood-esque in a way. It didn't feel like a movie. It just felt like a documentary of, like, two lovers. So you wanted, you wanted like, a Hollywood ending where they get together at the end and live happily ever after? No. Um, I didn't mind the ending. I thought the ending was kind of a good twist. But, like, it was dry. And I don't know if he was going for that. Because at times where she was just like, she wanted to go in, like she started mentioning her boss's tie, like, oh, you have a nice tie on, because she's trying to like, I guess, flirt in a way, be like, oh, you have a nice tie, you know, you know, you're looking good in that tie. And then, I don't know, it's, I want to hear you guys' opinions. I need to stop talking. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if, um... I kind of had similar feelings. You know, I felt like this movie was like super dry, but part of me thinks this is like an examination of uh, maybe just Chinese culture in a way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know a few things about just general Chinese culture, just from friends who've been to China and have lived there for a long time and had to live among the people and everything. And uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me is like when, uh, Mr. Uh, Chen, the the male character, he's talking to, I think one of his coworkers who's a buddy, he's asking him to like, hey, can you lend me some money? The bald guy, yeah. The bald guy, because he fucked up a bet or some shit. He's like, I need to save face. That's a really big thing in Chinese culture is like saving face, like your fucking reputation, I guess, or whatever. And that really stuck out to me because I've been told lots of stories about that. And I'm like, maybe this is like this whole, like, oh, we want to do this thing, but we can't, it, because that's that's what the whole story is essentially. Yeah, they talk about more than once. Um, we it, this is this has got to be platonic. We don't want to stoop. We don't want to be as bad as they are. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this is a culture thing. This is that's just how I feel. Andy, what about you? What do you got to say about the movie? Uh, Zach's right. That's um. That's one of my one of the reasons I like watching foreign movies so much is because you you kind of get a look into the way other cultures are. Like I've learned a lot, kind of secondhand from watching like Japanese movies about Japanese culture and stuff like that. And it's kind of the same thing going on here. I don't know a lot about Hong Kong. I know even less about Hong Kong in 1962 when this movie takes place. So it's interesting to just kind of see. Oh, they. like the place where they keep buying noodles from i I was confused at first like where are they like what is this place but as far as i can tell it's basically a noodle restaurant and you take your little your thing there and they fill it up with noodles and you pay them you got noodles for dinner i guess it's it's a noodle alley yeah it's a noodle alley it's it's a noodle it's a it's noodle hole it's like those uh subway um sushi places sure but I mean, the, it's like down, down like a wet stone staircase, and it's—I don't know—it just seems sketchy to me. It, but it does. It's it's Hong Kong in the sixties. I uh, I was really surprised you chose this movie, and I've been kind of like trying to figure out what I was going to say about it because I, I going into it, I was like, I don't think either of them is going to like this movie that much. This movie is even if it was in English, it's kind of like a heady 
there's a lot of like the stuff that people say and the stuff that people don't say really like um uh informs on what's going on in the plot like there's a subtext to like every fucking thing that happens the way that people like the blocking in every scene and um Wong Kar Wai famously uses like color a lot like because like the guy's second apartment has like all the red and stuff and that means something and I'm not going to pretend like I'm a super intelligent guy and I just got everything about this movie because I don't but I've seen it twice now and I uh, I liked it even better the second time because I start to pick up on that stuff. I'm not saying, oh, you guys got to watch it again. If you didn't like it, don't watch it again, obviously. But like I was saying, like even if it was in English, it's like kind of an advanced movie to watch. I, I don't mean it like, oh, this movie's over someone's head. It's just there's there's a lot going on in it. And it, the fact that it's in, what's it in, Cantonese, I think. Mm-hmm. whatever the fact that it's in whatever language doesn't help either um there's still a lot about this movie that i don't fully understand and the beginning of the movie is way too hectic i lose track of who's who and what's going on and who moved where and uh who the 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 mr and mrs uh ku ko and mr and mrs i don't remember the name of the other family and i watched the movie like just a few hours ago but maybe, maybe that hecticness is supposed to represent the the chaos and turmoil of Hong Kong in 1962. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. But uh, like at first, I'm like, I don't who who the fuck is who. There's, but I really, really love the fact that they decided, and they decided this in editing. I looked it up after this kind because I really wanted to know. They did shoot scenes where you see um, her husband and his wife. But in editing, they were like, no, let's take him out. Let's just take him out of this movie. And like, they're like the bad guys, kind of. Yeah. Call them the antagonists, but you never see them. Like, that's not the point of the movie. It You don't see them like in bed together or running off to Japan together or anything like that. You never see that. That's not what the movie's about. It's about the, uh, uh, the spouses, you know, left behind being done wrong, the way that they deal with it and the way that they, um, uh, comfort each other and they become like friends but they also kind of become more than friends but at the same time they don't at all because they can't because then they're just as bad as their spouses and I, I really like that i really like that you don't see them and i think it lends a lot to the protagonists that way because you, you don't who cares about them that's this movie isn't about them it's a, it's about the silent suffering of being left alone <laughs> and the longing for things that you cannot have or, or you should not have. I think what really frustrated me is that Mr. Chow was like 90%. And she was about, I want to say, maybe 60, 70%. I mean, yeah, he's like, the, he, he makes it clear. Like, hey, if you're not going to leave your husband, then I just don't even want to be here. I'm going to go to Singapore. And then he's like, if there's an extra ticket, will you come with me? But then she goes to Singapore and just like changes her mind at the last possible minute and and uh leaves his leaves his apartment. Mm. So it's like they were both like I I'd say 99% a couple times. I mean, he was like pretty much there. And then she was like almost there and that's what's so that's where this movie really shines is I want to be like, oh, it felt like the movie could have ended like five times, and it did. But each each thing that it adds is kind of fulfilling, in my opinion. There's a few things that you could argue, oh, you don't need the Singapore stuff. You definitely don't need the Cambodia stuff. But I like them both a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's th- that that's what makes the movie so poignant is that it's a romance where at the end nothing really comes of it. And that's like you were saying is, oh, are they trying to be too realistic? And kind of um, Wong Kar Wai, when he would write scripts in the 90s and the 2000s, this movie came out in the year 2000. uh, Well, I already used the wrong phrase. He didn't write scripts like they knew the movie they wanted to make. And he had like an idea and he cast it. And um, I guess he was trying to film somewhere in China. I don't know exactly where. And the censor board was like, we need you to present us with the script so that we can like approve it. And he didn't have a script. He doesn't write, he doesn't film the script. So they had to move production because he couldn't appease the Chinese government. But uh, 
there was, and what I mean, like Hollywood esque, like there's a in Hollywood, there's some flow to a scene where you get it from point A to point B. Uh, there were some scenes in this movie where I was like, I chuckled a little bit, especially the part where they're practicing, uh, where he's the husband and she's like confronting him. You're like, they do that. Oh, confronting him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I enjoyed that because he like played the part where he's like chewing up not uh, like very loud and talking with his mouth open and like, like an asshole. And like, I, I like that. But then there was other scenes where they're sitting and they're staring at each other and they say one word or two words and then it's like it's drawn out a little too long for me. I can't prove it, but I really think that if you could edit the movie and get rid of those pauses that you're talking about, I really don't think it would be half as good as it is. I think it would lose a lot. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't a movie that tells you what's going on with dialogue. It needs that other stuff, I, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I see where you're going with that, um, because it 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 shows the uncertainty a little bit from her. That's why she hesitates when she answers. And it, a good example of that, um, when they're in the alley at toward the end, and he he's saying, "If you're not going to leave, I'm going to go to Singapore." This guy told me there's work there. If you're not going to leave your husband, I just don't even want to be here. And he like grabs her hand and then walks away and she turns away from him toward the camera and there's like no dialogue or anything. And she just like grips her arm and you can, she like looks to the left and looks to the right and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like there's no dialogue there, but you can still tell what's going on in that scene. Cause she's like conflicted and she does have feelings for him and oh, he's leaving. I didn't want this to happen. My husband's going to come home. What should I do? And it's, it's all of that in like, uh, three seconds of, of film. Mm -hmm. And to kind of go back on the part where not showing the spouses and having them, like, you see the Mr. Chow's wife, like, like pretty much from behind and, like, different camera angles where you don't see her fully. Especially yeah. especially the part where Mrs. Chan, like, knocks on the door and is like, oh, I thought I heard... By the way, that, that was kind of weird to me where she's, like, knocking on her neighbors. I heard another voice in there. Are you okay? kind of thing and she's like well I, I don't feel well and then like when she shuts the door and it's like she says oh that's your that's your wife mm -hmm. and you know pretty much you kind of get the point they're fucking yeah um i really like that and i also like the part where mr chow is like talking to uh uh mr chan about <laughs> by getting a uh rice cooker and all that stuff and you hear yeah, he's just, like talking to the door we don't see him but yeah he's got dialogue yeah, I, I, and that's why I, I put on Facebook, I was like, man, I really miss films when, you know, you just have people talking from off camera. Because you don't really need to see them. And there, There's a lot of movies where you don't need to see people that are just like a small uh, supporting cast. Just have them talk off camera. I, I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty neat. Um... I talked about the camera shots. I want to hear your opinion about the camera. Yeah, well, let's talk more about the cinematography in this movie because it's the star of this movie. Like, there's two stars in this movie, but the camera work is the star of this movie. Um, there's there. Th th this movie is gorgeous. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. There are so many shots that I just want to mention just because I like them. Like when he goes, uh, he goes to his office late at night so he can start working on the serial, which I really like. Um, it, it's one of the minor you can kind of tell they're getting into each other because he's like, Oh, I like serials too. In fact, I'm writing one. And the next scene is him going to the office to start writing. I didn't realize it the first time I saw the movie, but he said that to impress her and he hadn't actually started writing it. And then when she was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll read it. He immediately went and spent all night at the office actually writing it so that he had something to show her. Hmm. But I really like the shot. It's from behind him, and I don't know, like, they must have done something interesting with the lighting, but the room's full smoke, and he's holding a cigarette, like, behind his head, like, because he's leaning. But for some reason, the smoke coming out of the cigarette is a different color than the smoke in the room. I, I don't know how they did that, but it's just, it's just a really cool shot, and I thought it bared uh, talking about. I like the shot also where he's walking down the hall, but for some reason, he just holds still, and they pan the camera back. Mm -hmm. I like that, too. Yeah, like I said, I like the camera uh, when... You know, you see Miss Mrs. Chow through the mirror, pretty much. Like the, the camera's pointing at the mirror, 
looking at the the wife answering the door. I really like that. I like the uh, the camera shots where Mr. Chow is it. I I'm fucking up on these names, but Mr. Uh, Mr. Chow, the, the the male cat character, he's like waiting in the, the hotel room by the window with mm. with a cigarette. Love that shot. Yeah, that's another time when uh, there's a lot of shit going on, but there's no dialogue, and she keeps going up the stairs, down the stairs. She's in the hallway. Am I gonna go? Am I not? That part's really good too. Mm. Zach, what about you? What do you think about the camera shots in this movie? Uh, I like the cinematography. I don't really had. I didn't really have any bones of contention there. Um, yeah, I did like the shot of him in his uh, new apartment. And uh, trying to think of other shots I liked. Uh, I like some of the stuff where they're like out in the rain. Yeah, this movie has a lot of rain, and it does it. They shoot it really well. And uh, you know when Mr. Chow goes to Cambodia, like that was a lot. That stuff's kind of cool too. Where they were shooting like the, I guess it's ruins. Like I don't know if it's ruins or not. It is. Yeah, I, it's like ancient nonsense cambodian ruins i i don't know much about the history of that part of the world i admit but i like that i like that long ass stanley kubrick dolly shot at the very end before the credits that's that's a good one too yeah um but yeah that's pretty much all the shots that stood out to me that uh you guys didn't mention i uh there at the end he's at the ruins and stuff and he does the thing like he tells his friend at lunch like oh you know what they used to do they climb a mountain and and carve a hole on a tree and you know, whisper a secret in it and you seal it up with mud and then he kind of does that at the cambodian ruins but they make a point to show that someone is like witnessing him do it and it's just like a monk or something but i i i was searching for the significance of that and i didn't know if it was anything besides just a cool shot <laughs> I, I i thought of like a stupid thing i'm like that guy's probably like well, why is he kissing the fucking ruin what is what a weirdo what a weirdo <laughs> but uh yeah the ruins part and you, you this is probably gonna make you guys laugh uh because there was parts where i was just like what is happening why are there ruins did like the <laughs> did their apartments get like blown up is he near that window that they well, it says cambodia 19 whatever 66 or something hmm. but i guess we just didn't expect him to be in ruins though yeah that it like i i assume because he's a newspaper man he's there like reporting on something because singapore is like right there but yeah he's oh while i'm here i'll go to these ruins i guess i don't know I will admit there were a couple times in this movie where they changed location or something or scenery. And I kind of got whiplash a little bit. Like I kind of got lost in the transition. Mm-hmm. Like when, like when you said, Oh, they were in Singapore and like she was there with him. I didn't actually recognize that that's what was happening in that scene. Yeah. It's a little confusing. I, uh, cause they, they kind of do it out of order and it's the only time the movie does it. But he's like, has someone been in my room? And then I think it goes back and shows, oh, he was at work and she turned up at his place, I think. Yeah, that I got, I'll admit, I got kind of lost during that whole scene. I was like, what the hell is happening? And then it kind of, when it went away from there, I was back on track. I'm like, but yeah, I, I guess it's like a year later, she decides I will go to Singapore and she goes and she smokes a cigarette because she misses, you know, like, it reminds it reminds it's his brand or something i assume because she's like smelling the case and stuff and she calls and chickens out and leaves but then he's aware that she was there i'm pretty sure i was okay. a confused i was confused about whether or not he pieced it together or whether he suspected it but i think it has something to do with um the, the cigarette butt i think that he figured it out because she smoked a cigarette while she was there all right okay it makes I a little think. bit more sense now yeah, because then that he kind of knows like she had a second thought about it or something. But then neither of them do anything about it until years later when they're both back in Hong Kong and they uh, independently try to visit where they once lived and everything has changed. And then it's like he's looking back at his memories like uh, what's it say? Um, a dirty window or something like that. Yeah, something like that like gets obscured and yeah, whatever. Yeah. The movie makes a point like that's that's in the past, you know. Now, her kid is that the uh, cheating douche son? 
Is that what we're going with? Or yeah, I'm assuming he just knocked her up and you know, fuck it. He was fucking around with the other dude's wife too. Mm-hmm. I just assume that's what happened. And it seemed like I guess you know Mr. Chow like dumped his fucking wife. She didn't whore. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go do writing. I don't know. Like I said, there were a couple of scenes where I was like, oh, that's you know pretty cool, uh, and then other scenes where it was drawn out too much. Uh, it it, it kind of. I was into it, and then it lost me, and then it got me into it again, and then just lost me, and then the ending part where I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." It's not a happy ending. Not oh, a- oh yeah. Hey, that reminded me because you mentioned that how he's like, "Oh, Mister uh, Chow must have just dumped his wife or whatever." Mm-hmm. Talking about cultural things, one of the things I totally did not mention was uh, divorce is like hugely frowned upon in China, um, especially for like the woman. It's like it's even worse for her. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Look, oh, I'm sorry, you go. I, I was just saying, I don't know what the con. I mean, I know Hong Kong. I don't know how different Hong Kong was back then compared to mainland China. It's you kind of always have to put an asterisk there because yeah. it's like it was. It's Chinese in location and mostly culture, but it wasn't Chinese. It was British or whatever else until whenever 1999, whenever that was. Yeah, like I, they're different enough. I mean. I, that, that's I, that's the thing I'm not sure about is how different, but it seems to me like it's about they treat it about the same at least within the context of this movie. Like clearly she stays with her husband, but yeah. I was confused about what he did about his wife because he went off to Singapore and clearly she's not there. He killed her. <laughs> well, like I said, went allegedly, on vacation and he killed her. Allegedly, what I I had heard, always heard was that like it's it's much more frowned upon and damaging for like the the woman than it is the man to do it well look at the part where every time like the old ladies were talking they're like why are you out so late what are you doing you better not be like messing around that just sounds right though i think that's universal i think old women just don't know how to mind their own business (laughs) (laughs) it's true they just get bored nosy they want to know what the fuck's going on Uh, i mean some of it is kind of like you know they're worried about them you know they they like them they're all they're all friendly with each other and that's good Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like the part where the uh, the short old lady is like, "Come on, eat with us." Like she's always saying that it was like hilarious. Like eat. she always says next time. Yeah, yeah. She because community she's... Co- community meals, I believe, was like a big thing too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it really is anymore, but um, I'm gonna mildly recommend this movie. I'm surprised it didn't sound like you would. Yeah. I got a question for you, actually, Dubs. Why did you pick this movie? I wondered that, too. I can't figure out why you picked it at all. Because you just pulled it from a list, I think, right? I, I pulled it from a list, and I saw that this was a Hong Kong movie, foreign, in the year 2000. Mm. And that is true. It is all those things. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it, is, it is like a famous, very famous foreign movie. It's, it's in, like, the top 25 of the British Film Institute's sight and sound poll every year it's in a bunch of lists of best foreign movies best movies ever best movies from this uh millennia best movies from that decade best movies from the century etc um best hong kong movies and i i I chose it because it was from a list just how you're explaining it (laughs) i was like okay i feel like this is weird but then like i i read the description when i you know got to criterion i was like okay and I started watching it, and after like 15 minutes in, I'm like, why the fuck did he choose this? I wonder, yeah, like, <laughs> knowing what the movie's about, and again, you know, I, I had seen it, Think a, a good friend of mine who's also into Criterion, like, recommended this to me, and I watched it and immediately fell in love with it. But if someone described the movie to me, I'd be like, mm, I'm not going to watch that right away. I, I might watch that never, actually. But, yeah. I have, but, a, I have a guilty pleasure of love stories in, in uh, movies. Okay. I was I wasn't trying to say you don't got any depth to you. <laughs> just like I just okay if if you told me the doves picked this movie, I, I would have been like, no, he didn't. Why? So you are <laughs> upset that they don't get together at the end. No, no, I actually did. I actually did like uh, um, and when you were saying I'm you're surprised. Like I said, certain scenes I liked. I loved the camera. The soundtrack was a little weird because of <laughs> how long one song was used in the movie 
Um, he he does that. Yeah, I, I guess that's his style. And I and I did like in the beginning and the end there was like no sound and just like a you know dial uh, words and like subtitles on what's going on. Yeah. But, um, I don't I don't know where to go from that. Uh, obviously, I recommend it. Uh, I I love this movie. I think it's great. Um, I was watching it this time with a mind for I really wanted to talk about this other movie too, so this is a good segue for it. But I was trying to decide if I like this movie more or a movie called Chungking Express, another movie that Wong Kar Wai did in 1994. Um, I think I still like it a little bit better than this. It's not shot as well, but I like the story better and I like some of the acting better and a couple other things. Um, Chungking Express is about it, it actually takes place in 1994 but i think it also takes place in hong kong I'm pretty sure i'm 99 sure of that but it's about two different police officers that don't really have anything it's kind of like two stories that barely um are interchanged in the middle of the movie and it's about um them falling in love one reason or another one of them falls in love with like this this girl is kind of kind of a ne'er-do-well and she wants to go to california and in that movie california dreaming gets played like 30 goddamn times oh, God. by the end of that movie you either love that song or you never want to hear it again <laughs> but i think that one's a little better and also uh if anyone's listening if anyone has if you've sat through this and you didn't see in the mood for love bravo because we didn't really tell you much of what it was about we just kind of talked about the movie but um, if you wanted to see a Wong Kar Wai movie, I would recommend starting with Chungking Express. That being said, good fucking luck finding it. <laughs> the Criterion is out of print. Uh, it's it, You can't rent it from most places, which is wh- what we discovered about this, right? You guys couldn't find anywhere to rent this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's on Criterion Channel. Both of them are, Chungking Express and In the Mood for Love. If you want to watch a one car Y movie, I did them the other the other way around. I watched this first, and then I saw Chung King Express. I would recommend Chung King Express first, and then watch this. It's like it's still there's still some cultural complexity to it, so you'll get lost a little bit. But it's it's easier to follow. Dubs. I mean, if you want to see a romance movie and you're still itch, you still want to scratch the itch that this movie left behind. Check that one out. It's it's extremely good, and I think I think I like it better. I don't know what people consider to be the better movie, though. We should, you know, ask our uh, somewhat viewers to choose. Yeah. Well, if anyone, if anyone coincidentally has seen, I know at least one person will listen to this who has seen them both, and I honestly don't know what he thinks. But um, hopefully, uh, Criterion has teased that there's a Wong Kar Wai box set coming out this year. And in an interview, Wong Kar Wai said, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Chungking Express is coming out again in the United States. So people suspect it's getting a re-release along with some of his other movies, which, by the way, In the Mood for Love has a kind of sequel, but not really. I think it's just a spiritual sequel. But right after this, he made a movie called 2046, which, by the way, is his room number in this movie. But it's the same actor that played um, uh, Mr. Uh, Chow. And I think he's a science fiction author or something. And it's about women coming in and out of his life after he's already met the woman uh, that of his dreams and she's gone. So it's like a spiritual successor to this. I don't think it's a direct sequel. I, I don't know for sure though. Um, well, I'll, I'll, but yeah, I'll wrap it up. I, I like this movie a lot. I do recommend it. It is kind of a difficult watch this isn't something you can look at you can play with your, your phone while you watch it that's for sure um both both of the Wong Kar Wai movies I've seen are are charming in a weird way they make me like nostalgic for a place I've never been and nostalgic for a time I wasn't even alive well uh Chunking Express takes place in 94 but this one takes place in 1962 I wasn't even alive make me nostalgic for a language I don't know how to speak. I don't know. There's something, the way they're shot, they're they're so, like, warm and interesting, the shots are. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not intellectual enough to put words to that, but I like I like this movie a lot. Cool. And uh, because Andy Linda lend us his Criterion Channel stream, I'm going to be buying my own. So I'm excited about that. Zach, what about what about you? Uh, recommend, not recommend? Mildly, mildly recommend? Um, I'm not going to recommend this one, Ooh. Uh, but it's not because of any kind of weird malice or I 
fucking hated this movie or anything. Uh, it's just not for me. I think I think what not only what he's saying, but I think also just in general, you already know if you're gonna like this movie. I think, and I think you would seek it out on your own. Yeah, and it, it's I respect it for like what it, what it does and like cinematography, and I understand some of the little cultural things in it. Uh, and I get what it's doing. It's just this. This really is not my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. There's been movies like there are. You know, some romance movies, odd, odd ones out there that I was like, oh yeah, I like that. Uh, but uh, it's it's not really a genre thing. I think it was just more of an execution thing for me. Perfect example. They kind of had somewhat of a same ending to it, where it wasn't happy, but it wasn't too too bad uh was like la la land compared to Mm -hmm. this when when we watched la la land this movie came to mind a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah i did it did kind of remind me of that just a touch cool so from a love movie zach uh what what's your movie uh we're gonna be watching suspiria the it's an italian horror psychological thriller and bear in mind we're watching the original from 1977 from italy there's a remake we're not watching that that's right yeah we're not watching the remake which is i guess bleh. Uh, i heard it was okay <laughs> i can't remember i think i got that opinion from jay of red letter media on twitter but i don't know from what i could gather about it between the two it's like they took what was it I guess from what I can tell on the surface, a pretty unique movie to begin with and made it just another horror movie and made it another boring, modern gray, blue, green colors, graded movie and shit like that. Cause one of the biggest things that sticks out to me about Suspiria, whatever I've ever, whatever I've seen of it is how colorful it is. Yeah. That's what I was worried they were doing with the invisible man, but that's not here over there. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've I, this finally uh, we're gonna watch a foreign movie I haven't seen, and this movie has quite the reputation, so I'm kind of excited to see it for the first time. Same here. Cool. So remember to watch it, and you know, come back here on episode one fucking hundred, everybody. So uh, come back and watch it, and well, watch it, and then come back here, and then we'll talk about it. Or, are we gonna or do just come back? Are we, Who cares? Are we gonna do something special because it's a hundred? I we're gonna we're gonna talk in uh I'm gonna call it the writer's room now out over Facebook. <laughs> the writer's room. We're, we're gonna talk in the writer's room on how special and I'm gonna make an announcement here because uh the coronavirus, uh because WrestleMania is not as special as it's supposed to be, because we were supposed to do a Star Wars mania kind of thing, we are gonna be postponing the Star Wars debate to SummerSlam. So we're gonna <laughs> Star Wars Slam. <laughs> oh, Star yeah, that, Slam. That makes more sense. Yeah. So, um, because I wanted to make it special where it's like we have a WWE pay per view and then we have our own pay per view kind of thing where we're going to be hopefully duking it out on in the, the, the final ranking list of Star Wars and talking the, the big debate. Andy, you have to watch SummerSlam too. <laughs> okay. If there is one. Yeah, if there is. Um,. Other than that, I do want to do some breaking news uh, since we're on the topic of wrestling. And you could always watch our wrestling podcast, Getting Some Color with Me and Zach, which we will be uh, doing WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2, reviewing that. Uh, But this is breaking news right now. Roman Reigns is not competing in WrestleMania this year because he does not want to catch uh, coronavirus because he just came back from fighting cancer, which makes sense. Since his immune system's all fucked up, but he's not com- yeah. competing. I figured it had something to do with that. Without reading it, I was like, "He's a, his immune system's already kind of like not the best." So, mm. so I was like, "Sure, whatever." So Goldberg won. <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do though. <laughs> Who's next? But uh, Zach, as uh, Zach, I'm sorry, uh, Andy. You said you watched a little bit of the Nintendo Direct that like suddenly dropped out of nowhere yeah they they didn't tease it or anything just today nintendo's like oh uh, by the way here's a direct and then they just put it on the internet um there was there wasn't like a star of it there wasn't like a big announcement or anything it was just um 
a whole bunch of little like uh oh uh Panzer Dragoon remake is coming out today motherfuckers and it's just on the shop now and uh uh 2K is bringing um uh Borderlands and XCOM and uh, uh BioShock all to the Switch um Catherine is coming to the Switch from Atlas that was pretty cool I thought um uh xenoblade chronicles definitive edition which actually got leaked a little while ago but it was just a bunch of stuff like that there's some free animal crossing dlc coming and i think they revealed the first dlc character for dlc pack 2 for smash is going to be a character from arms but they did not say who but smart money's on either ribbon girl or um spring boy i guess because people really wanted that Eh, yeah, I mean, that game, it's kind of a shame, because that game came out, and it was, like, distinctively fun and interesting, but it just, it didn't Splatoon, you know? It didn't do that. It, mm. They wanted it to be Splatoon again, and it just couldn't quite grab hold. But, eh, it's a fun game. I always said, like, oh, if I could catch it on sale, I'd pick it up, but it's a fucking Nintendo game. It's gonna be $60 until I die, so. <laughs> um, well, I just actually scrolled past it. Fuck. What was I going to say? I had something on my head. Oh, yeah. This is a TV show. Not Not professional. Nothing on games. But if you're wondering what Star Trek Picard was all about. Oh, yeah. It's free now, isn't it? It's free. So go, you know, watch the weirdness of that television show, which I do want to (laughs) finish. I had it open in a tab, like, most of the week. And last night, I was like, eh. I'm not going to watch this. I finally <laughs> like I wanted to watch it, but I've been watching parts of the red letter media reviews to it. Like the other, the other night I got home and just like put one on and played animal crossing, I think. And, um, it just, man, it sounds like they just come way off the rails and it just sounds like a total fiasco. And like, part of me likes a, a, a dumpster fire, but I think I'd just get upset. So I'm probably not gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna let them get upset for me. Yeah, exactly. I, I'll let I'll let uh, uh, Rich and Mike do it for me. Yeah, but I the reason why I started watching it was because of them, especially with Star Trek Discovery, because I started watching that as well. Because and I was like, this is so fucking funny what Red uh, RLM is doing, and um, I'm like, I need to go see what this mess is all about. And there are certain certain episodes of Discovery. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. But then other episodes, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? This is not Star Trek at all. So I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely something. Other than that, there's really no other news besides WrestleMania is still happening next week, but it's at the Performance Center for two nights. Man, we gotta like do it. Me, we're gonna have to watch that thing, aren't we? Yeah. I don't so, want. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to either. But I don't think anyone does. I've seen people making fun of it on Facebook and stuff. Wrestling is so fucking awkward with no people. <laughs> it's just so strange. Like, I all right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something weird. Zach, if you're free on WrestleMania, instead of just doing a fledge out, a full fledge fucking um, review on it. Let's just fucking watch it and make fun of it. Oh, you mean like uh, do like the the thing like we did with uh, Revolution? Yeah, tracks. Yeah, but let's not like rate it or anything. Let's just fucking tear it apart. Yeah, let's just watch. Yeah, I think that would make it more bearable. To be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I gotta see the card though, because I don't want to watch two nights of fucking stupid. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> If they show the card and, like, let's just say first night is John Cena versus Bray Wyatt and the second night is, like, uh, I don't even know. Whatever. McIntyre and Lesnar. Yeah. We'll we'll see what night we'll pick. Yeah. (laughs) It's a sad time for wrestling. Anyway. You guys have any news before we sign off? RE3 next Friday. Yes, and then Final Fantasy 7 soon. So, games, games, games. Yes. All right. Until next time, everybody, I think we'll end this episode. Um, you want to catch more of Big Trouble Little Podcasts, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. 
Uh, we're also on iTunes and Spotify if you search Nerd Review Network. We also have a website that I need to update, uh, which is nerdreview.com. Uh, we also have getting getting some color with me and Zach on there, and next week we'll be recording the Resident Evil Five podcast for the Nemesis Project. But until next time, everybody, see you later. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>